0: and welcome into another episode of turning the corner i am a recovering sick kieran steckley powering through with me as always a man who if he was a racing horse his name would be thought seeker he is cody stavenhagen how you doing
1: doing good kieran i'm doing good, I'm doing good.
0: <laughs> you like that you like that <laughs>
1: I, I it, you always keep me on my toes.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you've been on your toes all this week and I'm really damn sorry for people listening to my rough voice, but we'll, we'll make this a little shorter. Kieran's powering yeah, through gotta, respect,
1: respect. Yeah, no the days job
0: long. is the job. Uh, you've been on your toes all this week. Cody started out on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? The days matter. I think it was Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> you know, Tigers make a move removing al avila as general manager and since then you've been churning out content at the athletic when we last talked you said that your head was still spinning are you still I have you settled down a little bit do you have a little bit of a, of a better grasp of the situation
1: yeah i think so it's kind of weird uh, It's it's like the song is that all there is to a, a fire uh, not that this is actually about, uh, the song's not actually about a firing, but it's like you wake up the next day and Al's no longer the GM, and it's like, oh, is that, that all there is? You know, the, the world keeps going, the Tigers keep playing the schedule, uh, they don't miraculously become better because there's a new GM, things have just really continued on as normal. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's settled down more quickly than, than maybe I would have thought.
0: How's the team? handling it, um, guys that, the tenure Tigers have obviously never gone through this, <clears throat> except for Miguel Cabrera, Um, having like a change of leadership, and I know like front office field day to day, you're just kind of caught up, but you know, that's what people are talking about with this team, there's a lot of guys whose fates are going to be determined by whoever the next hire is. And it's also just a weird thing, a situation um, to go through. Uh, any any update on how some of the players or AJ are kind of handling handling this awkward, you know, it's kind of an awkward situation, you know? Um,
1: Yeah, it was, it was tough getting a sense for what the players really thought or felt about this. Um, kind of in front of the media, the few guys who have talked about it uh, kind of kept to the party line and they're just focused on... What's going on in the field? You know, would you believe that? Uh, Miguel Cabrera, <laughs> oddly enough, de- declined to comment. I think he just didn't want to talk to reporters that day, but I was still like, okay, so you've known this guy for mm-hmm. 20 plus years. He helped find you out of Venezuela. You played f- with him for two different organizations. Uh, he's the GM, not the GM who signed you to a mega contract, but he's the assistant GM, who I'm sure played a role in that and he's fired and he just declined to comment. I don't know that that's an indication of Miguel's relationship with Al or anything, but um, there wasn't a ton of reaction from the players. He didn't really sense much of a difference, you know. I talked to Jonathan Scope who just said he, you know, he feels bad for Al. He's grateful because Al brought him to Detroit, gave him an extension. He said he understands their changes, but he, you know, wished the best for Al and his family. Uh, for AJ Hinch, you know, I think very much things continue on. This guy's trying to manage a baseball team that is losing a ton of games and continues to have injuries at the same time he and Sam Minzen, it sound like, are running the roster. You know, they made a, they, they made a minor league trade for cash consideration. <laughs> Apparently you don't need the GM to make a trade. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm GM. sure he's yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he's been on the phone with, with Chris Illich having discussions about what in the world do we do next, all that good stuff. Um so that's that's kind of what it's been like.
0: I think the people will be curious how you're handling this as a reporter. Are you constantly checking your sources to you know see if there's any leading? Because obviously like internal discussion maybe not necessarily to break something yet but just to kind of have a better understanding are you is it or is it too soon to really kind of be doing that to kind of use the bullets in your chamber if you would um but this is your first GM search and did you cover a coaching change at any of your other spots uh my timelines might be a little uh messed up there but I mean this is uh it's a great time for people like you. A lot of interest and a lot of opportunities to break news and, and analyze. And so uh, I'm asking you a question like you ask those guys questions. How are you going about your daily business right now?
1: Um, yeah, just on my phone sending a text right now. Finally probably <laughs> got the most uh, – most- lead of substance that I, that I had gotten regarding a potential early GM candidate. Um, you know, talked with a few people, trying my best to keep my ear to the ground. I think this early in the process, it's hard to, um, you know, get a ton. But I think the idea of what the Tigers want in the GM is starting to become clear. I think we addressed it last week, but more than any one specific name or person or background, I think it's just a forward-thinking... Uh, GM who can run a well-oiled organization. Um, I think probably a list of names is going to start coming together. I'm going to publish one on The Athletic Monday morning. Uh, it's still going to be casting a very wide net because I do think that's the true nature of this search. This I'm sure there are guys like Chris and maybe AJ have in mind, but I think it's going to be pretty expansive. I think uh, they're going to talk to a lot of people probably of... Various backgrounds, various pedigrees, various levels of experience across the game. So, you know, that's kind of what it's been like. It's it's just strange looking back, you know, for me. Um, it's like, what's ultimately... Uh, what's ultimately important is that... Um, like, you get a good GM, right? So, but how... Uh, what part of a good GM is, like, dealing with the media, being an effective communicator. I hope they hire a GM that uh, can be a good communicator, that hopefully I can have a, a positive relationship with. It uh, wasn't necessarily that way with, with Al Avila. I don't know that I would describe it as negative, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, have much of a relationship with Al, despite uh, trying <laughs> <laughs> and despite writing his, his life story, which isn't the reason I did that story. I did it because it, it was... A lot of people still don't know this, like Al's climb from St. Thomas University to being the GM of a, a Major League Baseball team, I think is still a cool story, one he probably never got um, enough credit for, you know, but Al could, be, Al could be friendly for sure, but I think towards the end, um, he definitely isolated himself even this past year, I mean, he wasn't talking with any reporters very much um like you just got the sense he was kind of stepping away keeping more of a low profile perhaps knowing the heat that was that was on his job um so i don't know it'll be interesting to see what type of personality the tigers come up with in the next gm what will that relationship look like with the coaching staff um Like, I think A.J. Hinch and Al Avila obviously had a close working relationship. They spent a ton of time together about the team this offseason. But it was kind of a poorly kept secret that they had very different philosophical ideas. And I think uh, that did create a level of... mm, Conflict's not the right word, but it was just a problem, you know. There were too many stories you would hear from a wide variety of people of Al... uh, Kind of not knowing basic information about players, or kind of just not knowing basic things that wasn't really acceptable uh, to a coaching staff that has this level of detail and preparation. And I think so again, why do you want in the next GM? It's someone who's going to be on top of everything. Someone who uh, hopefully th- this is another thing that I think is important too. This idea that like is AJ Hinch going to pick the next GM? I think that's probably a little bit overstated. Uh, he, look, he has some say, he has some influence, but the idea that like AJ is going to pick his best friend or whatever, I don't think that's true. Um, I think this is ultimately still going to be Chris Illich's decision with a lot of input from AJ and some other people in the Tigers organization. Uh, but I think in an ideal world, this, this setup allows AJ Hinch to manage the major league team and not have to worry about everything else so much. It seems like that's much more what his setup was like. In Houston under Jeff Luno Um, and I think that's probably the ideal outcome here that you get someone in 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 place that this organization is running smoothly from top to bottom and AJ Hinch can be the big league manager and worry about winning games at the big league level and have some input on other stuff but ultimately not be uh, not be so hands-on with every
0: single decision that's made. There's a time when I think more concessions to Al need to be made, um, but we can get.
1: I think I think it's it's tough and it's interesting. In a way, there are more concessions that need to be made. In a way, more is coming to light, <laughs> even in the the last few days about how behind the Tigers truly are, how messy just kind of their operations system truly is. So in a way, it's like yeah, well, I didn't get enough credit for this. In a way, it's like, oh, no. Like, things are bad. The Tigers organization is still so far behind in so many areas, and that that is even more apparent.
0: Okay, yeah, and I guess I don't want it to make it seem like I'm carrying water for him right now, but I I just think there's something in your story that it was, in a way, like, a thankless job when he took it over. And that's Um, true. So, and so, like, I don't know, I just, a lot of times I say things that's like, I just think that should be noted, and it's like, I just think that should be noted. Um, not to say missteps and mistakes, and we we all know how we got here, right? And it ultimately falls to him, um, but at the same time, th- there's a lot of circumstances that, that happen to be at play, and one of them is that, I don't know if this is going to come across as too mean, but did it really ever feel like it, it, the the two most important positions, right, are manager and general manager? And did it ever really feel like they were on the same level, AJ? Now. It it it, it didn't to me. And so when you're thinking about the next guy to take that job, you want someone of maybe status isn't the right term because it's not like you're hiring a world series winning general manager, you know, but someone who just feels like they're on the same plane with AJ. And I think AJ has to be, I I saw some people on Twitter saying like, Oh, well that's how, you know, this organization is terribly run right now because, you know, AJ is going to be a part of the process. I was like, what? No, that's why you brought him in. Like, why would you not? Because that's, ultimately going to lead your franchise down the right path is if the GM and the the manager are in step and they speak the same baseball language. You need that. Um, And again, like you said, doesn't have to be his best friend. Doesn't have to be a Bob Quinn-Matt Patricia deal. All right, but if you look at Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey, two guys that did not know each other, Mm -hmm. I mean not like close know each other, they are an amazing tandem. And then you know, Brad Holmes and uh, Dan Campbell you know have the same have the same feeling so the GM needs to be someone that's going to work with AJ real well and they're going to have to have the same vision because I'm thinking about this team and where they're going and I'm I'm looking for reasons that 2023 is not going to be a wash year and there's not that many, especially if Miguel Cabrera comes back. we get, we got to talk about Miguel in a second. But um, if Miguel Cabrera comes back, you're just going to ride out the um, that contract, ride out the scope contract. There's only so much you can do in one offseason and what's actually in a shortened offseason just by the nature of bringing somebody in new. Right? So the new GM is going to have to... Like, work with AJ to know that, hey, by the way, that on-field product, it, I'm not saying you gotta go to a long rebuild, but it, it, it's hard for me to be able to sell a lot of, like, hope for 2023 in that capacity, not to mention, you know, the Mize injury and Scoble, who we'll talk about in a second, you know, and just the general... um Anxiety that comes with developing young players like Torkelson and Green. You know, we haven't talked about Torkelson a whole lot. There's not a lot to say. Um, so it, it just feels to me, I don't know if this is me like dampering in the spirits after the bad Alavilla is finally gone, but it feels to me we're going to be experiencing a lot of what we see on the field right now next season. And
1: don't say that. I don't know if I can handle another season like this. I don't know if I can do it, and I know the fans don't want to do it. It's it's getting to the, like I don't know. There was a uh, Tigers official who was like, "Would you believe on April eighth, if I told you that you know the team would be twenty seven games under five hundred and Al would not be here? I never would have believed this team would be twenty seven games under five hundred. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't sold on them being playoff contenders." never did I think this would be a hundred loss team as bad as right now. I mean, they're just, they're just abysmal. They're what seven and 20, I don't know. Their last 30 games have been as bad as it's been all year. It's not getting better. It has not gotten better. Um, I think next year's team can be improved, especially you get, you know, something closer to your actual pitching staff, although there's still going to be injuries. We'll talk more about Tarek Skubal. That's not looking real good right now. Um, you know, you can make a couple other additions to the roster. You know, I don't, I, I don't know that next year is a wash, but I do think it brings about an uncomfortable topic, which is what is actually the best path forward for this organization? Is it rebuilding the rebuild, or is it, hey, let's run it back and try to be – a playoff team in the next two to three years. Uh, the latter is what everyone wants. You know, you talk about AJ Hinch. I don't think he's here to twiddle his thumbs for five more years until they can mm-hmm. build a winner. But do you have enough assets to build this thing up quickly? It's not a fun conversation, but I think it's one that needs to be had. And one, uh, the GM, the next GM is going to have to have a very clear plan. If you're going to do this thing quickly, I've used the the term the Tigers have no margin for error a lot, and you don't have any margin for error going forward. Talk about remodeling the roster, your trade assets. Well, your best one was Tarek Skubal. Whether they should or should not have traded him, I don't know, but it sounds like he could potentially be headed toward surgery. Uh, I don't know exactly what type of surgery that is. He's already had Tommy John, but uh, that's probably not helping your ability to wheel and deal and acquire some hitters.
0: And that's why, and that's why I brought up the hinge thing. Is that like you know he's, he's too good of a manager to be twiddling his thumbs. And you know, thank God we don't have that contract conversation anymore. Well, yeah, uh. <laughs> but it's
1: I mean that's that's something that uh, is going to have to be decided. It makes me think the Tigers are going to try to take a quicker path. Um, I, you know, and, and look, there's been a little more pushback to like, why does AJ get a pass? Why is there not more criticism for AJ when this team has been garbage? To a degree, that's fair. To a degree, I can just tell you from being around the game, from being around the team every day, like, AJ Hinch is the least of this organization's problems. And Chris Fetter, George Lombard, like, these guys are legit. They're real. There's still a million things that need to change. I'm sure there are going to be changes to the hitting staff this offseason. I'm sure there are going to be tra- uh, changes to the the training staff this offseason. season. Um, I think the only world in which AJ Hinch isn't here um, for the foreseeable future is if the new GM comes in and says, you know, I think if we're being real, we, you know, this is another five year process. And that's when, you know, I don't know what it, what that would look like, but that's the only world in which AJ is not, you know, heavily involved in steering this ship forward.
0: I mean, I feel like in baseball, you can kind of ride the middle lane between those two more so than in the other sports. Like, you, you, there's more opportunities to acquire players. There's no salary cap. That's the big thing. Um, so if if you and I'm not saying I mean, go that's out true. And sign. You're,
1: well, you're a big signing away from everyone feeling good about the team again. I don't know if that's Korea. Yeah. I don't think Aaron Judge is coming to Detroit, but there's there's you know, there's some big time free agents available on the market again this offseason. We get to have that discussion and you know the Miggy contract, I don't know, that's still in your books, but you go you know, you go sign to another big player, suddenly things look better. So
0: It's true. Um well all right, speaking of Miggy. The uncomfortable conversation is coming real quick. Uh Isn't it's it? the first time and since his tenure with the Tigers that the person in charge of baseball operations does not have an emotional attachment to him. Assuming I don't you know, I guess it's possible they bring somebody else who does, but um <laughs> more than likely not the case. And there's no way for the, to objectively look at this and say, yes, he should be your DH next season. Like, just to be... If it's player X, DH, these numbers, it it, it it there's no way to defend it other than, well, it's Miguel Cabrera. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend. He's, you know, he's done so much for the franchise, which all these things are true, and that's why... That's why it's not as simple as video games, right? You know? So the path of least resistance is Miguel retiring. I, and that, and that way the new GM doesn't have to be the guy who got rid of Miguel Cabrera or if that person could also decide to keep him for another year again, which would make the season more of a wash. But I don't know. I don't know the, the, the awkward conversation that happened a couple of weeks ago that, it's hard to get a it's hard to get a read on miguel and and aj from a manager's perspective can't really be also the person that pushes him out because that's going to be the players love miguel cabrera they might get it, it's a business or whatever but you can't have your manager sort of do that to a legend, especially to you know Latin American players, and
1: yeah, no, that's a good point. That's where you want a separation between your GM and your manager for sure. But but you talk about next year, like if you want next year to not be a wash, Miguel Cabrera can't be your DH. Like you can go. It's it's very easy to acquire a first base DH type. I mean, think. The Tigers a couple years ago paid old friend C.J. Crone six point one million. C.J. Crone has a one fifteen uh, WRC plus right now for the Rockies, and you can get guys cheaper than that who can produce um, more than what Miguel Cabrera is going to give you. That's um, it's hard. It's uncomfortable, but man, the reality is like if if we do this again just to honor Miguel's contributions to the game and his feelings that's one more thing working against you toward building a winning baseball team
0: yeah i mean there's there's no way around that so like that's something that the gm probably has to make known in like an interview uh like what what's your plan for this roster going forward you know they you know that's is he gonna have the backing of chris like like, these are all these things that, you know, because if he does it, then yeah. Chris is going to have to have his back. Otherwise, you're going to look like a dysfunctional organization, more so than you do at times this year, past several yeah. years. Uh, well,
1: that's a big part of it, too. How does Chris Silich feel about this? Does Chris Silich just want to eat the 32? Well, here's the thing. You're paying Miguel either way. You're paying Miguel either way. So you can pay him to be a negative war player, or you can pay him to not be on your roster. Which one's more valuable? At this point, it's honestly the second one. Uh But I don't know. Chris is probably thinking gate sales, ticket sales, you know, maybe he still sells merchandise. You know, Uh, those those considerations are real. You know, when the Tigers traded for Miguel, Mike Illich had his financial guy run through projections. Was this due to our ticket sales? Was this due to our merchandise sales? That's all a piece of the pie. Not necessarily a huge one, but it's a piece of the pie. And I'm sure the Tigers and the new GM will need Chris Illich's blessing if they are to ever... Um, pull the plug on this Miguel decision as well.
0: Yeah, and that's why you hope he retires. But as I was telling our, as I was telling our, our buddy, sometimes mentioned on the podcast, uh, Tim Aaron's, I was like, you know, you pay thirty two million dollars, to play a kid's game. It's hard to tell the guy to stop. You know, you only you only get to do this one time. You know, so to a certain extent, I get it, but it's a it's a tough deal. And will be that will probably be one of the main dominoes of the new era in Detroit baseball. Obviously, if he retires, then it's a new era completely. But if you um, you have a new GM, you have no longer Miguel Cabrera on your roster. That's a truly new era. <sighs> All right. Well, we a couple times mentioned this Tarek Schuble season's done for uh for him i guess not technically officially but more than AJ okay, okay. so the uh, how many times have we had to have this conversation dude like how many times do i have to like read transactions that say like or quotes that say i feel fine just a little sore and then a couple of days later and then it's like i, I and i and i understand how this works, but it's just like, all right, 15 day IL, 60 day IL or whatever. It's like, golly. And, and then we, you know, we got it. You got to write about it. We got to talk about it, but there's not really anything to say because it's all, it's, it's all test dependent. It's all how you feel. It's all, uh, like with the Maya situation, I think AJ had said something to the effect of like, you know, these MRIs aren't necessarily, like, black and white. You know, there's there's some mm-hmm. there's some give and some guessing, and that's why you have second opinions. And But I don't know. What it, that, that's the biggest thing
1: I've learned this year is, like, it's 2022, and sometimes we're still just kind of guessing. I mean, unless you actually cut open someone's arm and go look at the UCL, it's tough to get uh, a 1,000% accurate picture of – Uh, What's going on with that ligament? For all the technology, all the MRIs and x-rays we have, there's still a lot of uncertainty and to know exactly what someone's feeling and what that means for the long-term prognosis of that arm. I mean, baseball is, you know, 120 years old in terms of, like, the American League, and we've always had people trying to figure this out, and we've really gotten no better at it. You could argue we've gotten worse in terms of the amount of pitchers that are being injured. And there's just no answer. Like I brought up a couple of weeks ago that if the closest thing to like a pinpoint um, problem is the lack of, of prehab, the lack of injury prevention, um, the lack of, you know, the way biomechanics are implemented into the Tigers' process. That's all true. I still don't think that explains your entire pitching staff being injured and all of your young pitchers being hurt um so is there something wrong with the tigers throwing programs i don't know maybe is a lot of it a result of the the covid year and the lockout i don't know but probably uh is some of it you know the term bad luck well a little bit um like but it's it's nuts you know and you're right the, the same thing oh he's fine oh we don't expect it there's no structural damage oh wait no he's going on the 60 day oh wait he's probably gonna have to have surgery like how much is that the team just straight up lying? How much of that is how it actually goes down? I don't know that either. It's frustrating to cover when you hear this because you, you know, the Scooble thing, I was like kind of always, uh, taking it with a grain of salt, but it's like, you can only report what you're told, you know, and Tarek Scooble says he's going to make his next start. You know, it's not like you can be like, no, Tarek, you're not. I refuse to write it. You know, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, I mean, it's a mess, and we'll see what the exact prognosis is with Scooble. Again, I'm telling you it's heading towards some type of surgery. Is it a type of thing where it's an offseason, or is that a type of thing that's going to cost him most of next year? I don't know. The idea of not having Scooble next year is very, very frightening. Uh, not at all what you want. And then it speaks to the flaws in this rebuild. Acquiring pitchers who have all been hurt. How much progress did your core three make this year? Well, Matt Manning's barely pitched. Casey Mize is out for this year and most of next year. Tarek Skubal is the one guy who had taken the step forward you wanted to see and now he's hurt. So do you feel any better about your pitching going into next season? No, you don't.
0: Yeah, that's true. And that's why I just can't shake the idea of saying, screw it. We're just going to pitches are a dime a dozen. We're just going to go but not even, not even care really. Yeah. Like just trust the staff to you know get the most out of guys while you have them, and then you know so long. And but now you're so deep. I mean, you know, the uh, the the high draft picks. That's just a lot of money to kind of have at stake. You know what I mean? And and I guess analytically they do work out more than say high school shortstops, but uh, <laughs> but. It just doesn't feel like that like that's the trend going on in Detroit. Uh well speaking of bats, wanna give congratulations to Carrie Carpenter, making his major league debut the same day that Al Avila gets uh gets fired. Poor candidate. <laughs> and, and and then <laughs> realizes how hard it is to hit major league pitching. I believe he's one for eleven. So uh let that be a lesson to to everybody that the why did they call him up? Why did they call him up? You know, you know, it's hard, It's and, and he's been in the system for a it's while. Hard. They know how good he is.
1: Yeah, Kerry seems like a great dude, very nice young man. He's obviously had a hell of a season. I think he has earned this shot. But It's like, come on, I've been trying to tell you, don't get your hopes up over Kerry Carpenter. Don't get your hopes up over Cody Clemens, who's, I mean, these guys... Hard to feel good, and now Andre Lipschitz is raking in Toledo. I'm gonna tell you right now, don't get your hopes up too much for Andre Lipschitz. Like, I, I hate it because, like, these guys work hard. Carrie Carpenter's a great mm. baseball story, you know, worked his butt off. Um, you know, he lost his dad to cancer a few years ago, you know, his emotional debut for him and his mom. And you, you want to feel good about it and see the positive, but then there's the reality that it's like. This guy's totally overmatched against big league pitching right now. Very strikeout prone, which he's been strikeout prone and doesn't walk in the minors. It doesn't suddenly change when you get to the major leagues. It's true.
0: And, you know, sometimes we come across as, like, real cynical or whatever just when you talk about it, you know. Uh, not you and I specifically, but just, you know, that's the nature of it. And it is an amazing story. Like, Ala is an amazing American story. Right, and it's. Yeah it be completely overshadowed by, like, a terrible tenure as a general manager of the Tigers. He'll be a punchline in Tigers lore forever. But he's an amazing American story, you know? And so sometimes I just, yeah, like I said earlier, you know, sometimes I just want to make note of it, you know? This business sucks, man. Sometimes it sucks. It is
1: cruel. It is unforgiving, you know? Um am are just the realities of it. Mm-hmm. I hate how much time I've had to spend this year writing critical stuff, being critical and ranting and blah, blah, blah on this pod. My favorite part of this job is writing feature stories and getting to know someone and and shedding insight on their life and their human condition. To be honest, I haven't got to do near as much of that as I would like this year because at the end of the day, I'm a beat writer for a sports team that is really bad and that's been the... It's been the storyline this year, you know, and when the GM gets fired, it's tough to be like, well, you know, Jerry Carpenter is a great dude. I mean, he is, but there's all this mess flying around and, and until this organization gets it figured out, uh, that is what the focus is going to be on.
0: Anything you want to tease this week?
1: Um, Going to be, man, like I just said, it's going to be all about this GM search, you know, uh, list of candidates coming Monday. I think I want to somehow dig deeper into what's the Tigers' best path forward—rebuilding the rebuild—or if you if you uh, can do this thing on the fly, how do you actually accomplish that? Um, might be making a trip down to West Michigan, not to uh, get on the prospect hype train again, because I think <laughs> uh, uh, that's not the route to go. But because um, the major league team's bad, I think I'm going to go see some of these prospects, see Jace Young. And, and um I don't know, maybe even write some kind of feature story. I'm not gonna go down the the path of uh prospect hype though. We're we're done with that. Um, <laughs> so I've been burned too many yes, times. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, well, uh this is a shorter episode because I wanna be able to talk tomorrow. Uh and so uh thank you, Cody, for take some time and bearing with me thank you everybody for bearing with me um you can obviously listen to our podcast when i sounded normal immediately that night uh, after alavila was fired and you know get our thoughts there and then um obviously read cody's work on the athletic uh well worth i assume i haven't seen in a while i assume that one dollar subscription deal is still as a thing. far as i know it's never ends never end uh never any deal great deal And um, please follow us on Twitter at Cody Stavenhagen. I'm at Kieran underscore Steckley. Our pod page is at TurnCornerPod. Please, Apple, Spotify, rate, subscribe, review. You know the deal. Five stars. We love it. And I want to thank everybody for listening and have a great week.